This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... On today's show, I have got something very special for you. And I hope that you'll stay with us for the entire hour because I'm going to talk to somebody who is really, really quite special and is doing something really unique. But before I go there, Eric, how are you? Good afternoon. Happy Friday, Kevin. I'm doing well. It is a nice Friday and it's beautiful outside and it's in the 70s and summer's arrived and it's going to be here all week, I hear. (laughs) Hopefully a little more than a week. (laughs) Maybe something like three months if we're lucky. Oh, you optimist, you. Uh, I think we're going to end up, well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And uh, I'm excited for today's show. You know why? I'm presuming it's because we've got a great guest. We do. And uh, she's a dentist. She's got a practice where uh, she takes care of 16 people who work for her. She's also an uh, orthodontist. And she also uh, pioneered the use of uh, digital orthodontics and she's lectured all over the world in talking about that but you know what that's not why we're here it's not no okay and 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 we could spend a whole hour talking talking teeth for the whole hour no (laughs) i could because i got some teeth problems but (laughs) we're not going to talk about that we're going to talk to uh and i hope i don't mess up her name uh sonia pollack um and she is an author and this is her first podcast and radio show she has done in support of her upcoming book series and i'm really pleased that she chose us to be here wonderful so i want to introduce uh sonia sonia did i massacre your name too badly no kevin mcdonald's you're you did not you did a wonderful <laughs> job sonia hey. sonia hey. it's it's good yeah. you were great sonia palick and uh and by the way you you've been in dentistry since 93 and you've got a great big budding practice in ontario canada is that right woodstock ontario yeah shout out to the friendly city and all of my lovely team and my new associate there i'm sure they're all watching and cheering me on i hope so and if they have any questions they can certainly can uh chime in and talk to us if they want to or they can go to the comment section um This particular show is being, and don't be nervous now, but it's being broadcast live on Positive Talk Radio, uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also on all the avenues of KIXI, which is Kixie in Seattle, a 50,000-watt station in town. And so your voice is being heard in the 12th largest media market in the country and about 3.5 million people. So don't be don't be nervous at all. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. And I got to tell you, in all seriousness, the reason that I wanted to have you on and why you're going to be on uh, several times uh, in the course of the summer and into the fall is because you've written something that is near and dear to your heart. And there's a story behind that. And I would really love for you to tell 
our audience a story. Not only, by the way, are you the author of the book, but you wrote there, you, you did the uh, cover and you edited it and it's all self-published and it's, and you thought it was going to be maybe one book and it turned into four. And there's a reason for all that. And could you kind of explain how that all happened? Sure. Yes, I can. Um, thank you, first of all, for inviting me here and to all of the listeners, viewers um, who want to share this hour with us. And because I do, I, I deeply believe in this experience that I've had. Um, I was lying in bed. It was um, just before COVID actually, uh, around 4 a.m. So my alarm goes off at five every day and I've been uh, in dentistry for 30 years. I've run an ortho practice for 24. And I was lying there just thinking, I, I have another hour to, to lay here. And a man's voice outside of my consciousness said very clearly into my this ear, um, it's time to write. And I jumped out of bed and I searched around because I thought there was a man in my house. That would be a little disconcerting. It was freaky. And I did text my therapist. I think I have schizophrenia. Like I just heard a voice outside my head. And um, she said, what did they say? And I said, they said, it's time to write. And she said, go write. So I went to the shelf. I got a journal. And I had never uh, contemplated at that time, like writing a book or had any idea about a book in my mind. I just took out a pen and I sat down. I actually, I said a prayer and lit a candle and I just held the pen there. With, and it was literally like a blank slate. And, and it just came um, March 1st, 2020, Leave the Little Light On by Sonia Balick. And then I looked at it and I thought, okay, that's, that's a title I had thought of before of a book. And so what? <laughs> and then it, it just came out. Athena took the gray steps one stair at a time. And I thought, oh, Athena, that's a cute name. Like, and somewhere around, and then this story just started to pour out of me. And somewhere halfway down that page, I recognized that I was Athena, that this was a young girl. This was a scene from when I was three. And uh, it was an incident. So very early on in chapter one, we sort of hit this moment where, um, you know, in this scene, my father, he accidentally backs into me with his cigarette, burns me and then says, you know, uh, you're not hurt. Don't cry. You're fine. And what were you doing there anyway? Which is really sort of a synopsis of Janet's trauma. And I, I thought, oh, okay. And after this whole chapter went through, I just shut that book and I went to work. I, I just thought that was very strange. And I, I just got up and I went to work. And um, the next day at 4 a.m., my eyes flew open and it wasn't outside of me. It was more like in my head, like it was time to write. It was like this knowing I just knew I had to get up and there was this writing I had to do. And uh, I sat down again. I hadn't thought of that, what I had written. I thought, I don't know what to write next. And the story just picked up where it left off. It was almost just magical coming out of my pen. I could have conscious thoughts while I was writing it. Um, and, it and I had a lot of resistance to writing the first book. This is the first book. And um, th this book, I had a, the most resistance to writing of the four books because um, it, it was about my early childhood and, it, and there was some trauma in there. So we had sort of very dysfunctional type family. There's some alcoholism and conflict and um, some abuse. And 
it, I, I didn't want the world to read it. I thought, I don't want anybody to read about this. Um, but I couldn't not write it. If I didn't write, my mind just blew up. Like, And COVID had happened, so my practice was shut down for four months. And you would think, oh, then I'd be able to write all day long. No, only from 4 a.m. till 5 a.m. <laughs> so every day I would wake up at 4 a.m. And if I didn't write it down, it would just chase me around. So I had to write. I had to write it out. And then at 5 a.m. it would just stop. So it didn't matter. I had the whole day off. I had to go walk my dog 10 times like everybody else and try and waste, you know, all the hours of the days. And um, and then the next day at 4 a.m. And, and when I realized that I just sort of committed, I thought, okay, until this book comes out of me, I'm going to just continue to write. Well, I, that went on for 15 months. I wrote every single day for an hour. And I realized you know, halfway through it, I thought that my team at work, the ladies would ask me when, like, when's the book going to be done? I said, how long is the book? I'd say, this is a, such a long book. You know, I think it's a book in four parts. Uh, there was Windsor, London, Dorchester and Woodstock. Um, and, uh, but then I realized when I was dictating them into the computer after that had finished, um, that they were actually four full books. And, um, the, the process of doing it, you know, when I was sitting in it and halfway through it, I knew that there was a greater message and a purpose that I was, I had been called to do something that I, I really had trained my whole life to do, to be disciplined, to do something every day, to be able to sit down, to receive that message and let it flow through me. Um, after all of the healing that I had done personally, and I had asked, you know, for a method, a way to share sort of this enlightened journey that I'd been on with people. How could I, how could I show people this? How could I share this with as many people as I could so that they could come with me on this journey? And I realized then that that's the best way that humans learn is through stories, is we learn through um, knowing another story and being able to walk through it with them. And I think that's why this genre is really unique. It's a fictional memoir. So it is based on my life. And people have asked me, readers, is, did this happen to you? Is this you? And I'd say it is, Athena is based on my life. Um, but it is written like a story. So it reads like fiction. And I believe that that's the best way to tell a story. Because if I tell you it's me, and it's I, you can't embody that. But in a character setting with a God narrative, in a book, in a fiction book, we can embody the character. And this book, especially the first book, it generates radical empathy. Like you get into what this kid is feeling and it will bring you into your feels. So a lot of readers, early readers have said to me, like the trigger warnings have to be there because it will make you cry. Even a patient today was telling me, Tina was telling me um, that she there was you know all this trauma she never cried but then at the part at the end because it goes to high school graduation and at the graduation she cried because at this scene it triggered something in her memory of this what she went through and I said that's the whole point that's the purpose it's to bring us back to sort of the origin stories that we have and that we've told ourselves because that's the basis for our lives. And if, if where we're at isn't where we want to be in humanity, we have to go back to the beginning and, and really examine 
what happened? You know, what were the stories that we, that we were told? And in turn, what were the stories we told ourselves? And I think that going through Athena's story, it just helps us unravel it a little easier. That is an amazing story, first of all. And secondly, you know, I think that in a lot of cases, um, writings, music, poetry, art, a lot of it is done through your intuition. Mm -hmm. um, it is brought to you by another source. And that, that source, in my opinion, is God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. So the first question I have for you is, didn't you say to the source at one point, do you think maybe you could make it like four o'clock in the afternoon or five o'clock so I can sleep? Four o'clock in the morning sounds like partially punishment, but that's that's just me. It was, it, you know, yeah, I had a lot of times I was just bitter. I mean, it was like on my birthday, I was up at 4 a.m. Christmas Day, New Year's Day. It didn't matter if I, you know, had been out the night before till one at 4 a.m. I had to write. And it was, it was exhausting. And I was, you know, at, at times I felt very bitter, like, when is this going to end? You know, and when I asked and I got the message kind of like, this is going to go on until she's about 50. Then I would, you know, because the books go in chronological order. So you stay in the present moment with Athena. So they don't jump around. It's not like we go flash forward and then flashback. It's simply we meet this child and we just walk with her in her journey all the way through. And in doing that, that's another amazing thing about it is I think how interesting because it teaches us to stay present, to, to be in the present moment and not get all drawn out. You know, we need to sort of stay in the present in our lives. And what we do is we live in the past and then we jump to the future and there is anxiety and worry and there's depression and, you know, um, distraction. So it's this, all of it. And instead of embodying, you know, our physical being and, and being aware of, of all what's around us, just that it's magical. And, you know, there needs to be less fear and more fun in the world. So I think that those yeah, those the timing and the whole the the process of writing it, it was very cathartic, you know, to write these these memories, these things out of me. Um, I felt like very light after. And it, one of my friends said to me, you know, um, I'm a Skoka crew as a shout out. Um, they asked me how, you know, you don't need to say it's based on your life. Just say it's not you. It's just a story. Why do you have to say it's you? leave that out. And I said, it's important that I say it's me, I think, because and I said, well, why wouldn't I? And she says, because it's shameful. And she's read, read all for your life is shameful. In ways, yes. And I'd say, oh, but I'm not ashamed of my life. And I think it takes someone to stand up and say, we can't be ashamed of our lives. Um, because we all make mistakes. And we all we never go into things thinking this is going to not work out. You know, this is going to hurt people. This is going to be a terrible choice I'm making right now. No one's thinking that in the moment. Of course, we're going into it, basing our decisions on what we know and what's come before that. And and we take the next step. And that next step might not lead where we think it, for the reasons that we're, we've been misguided or we've been misled by things. Um, and our reasoning is not, you know, proper. And I think that um, I'm none of those people anymore. I'm not that small child. I'm not that young girl or young woman um i'm i'm me now 
And, and this sort of flies in the face of cancel culture because every step was necessary in order to bring me to sit here and be this. And I feel I am peace now. And, but I can look at my past selves and I know it's not going to work. I'm like, Oh, don't do that. You know, but I didn't know that then. And, um, and so I think that that's important for people to understand that that's okay. We can admit all, we can admit all and, and lose that cloak of shame. That's self-imposed. I don't carry that at all. I'm, I'm not about it. I, I want people to live free and, uh, and liberate them, their soul from that kind of stuff. You know, what's interesting about that. And that's really, really cool is that as people are reading and they're picking up on what happens in your life in chronological order, they can see when you get to book three and book four, you can see how the experiences in book one and book two affected what was happening in book three and four. And which is a real, that's how our lives work. Our lives work one moment at a time, one mistake at a time, one experience at a time, and we become a combination of all of those things over time, and that's what makes us who we are today. Do you agree with that? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's the way it goes. And for most of us, there's this element of distraction you know, going on, especially in our society, in North American culture, uh, especially with phones, the evolution of phones is this distraction of your mind outside of yourself and to draw your attention away. So the downtime, the ability to sit in silence, to actually listen to your inner guidance, to connect with your inner wisdom and to know yourself and to really know, why did I do this? What What is actually happening inside of me um, that made me go this way? Um, or, or that why things turned out this way. So Athena is a very reflective uh character you know she sits and ponders life like it you know and and sits alone a lot in her thoughts and um i think that everybody has a a preponderance to do this but some more than others um and some people just are you know but there's a period in athena's life where she's very busy and just always wanting to be busy because she's staying a step ahead of that um, voice that's gaining momentum, that little light, it needs to be heard, that little voice, it gets louder as we get older. And as we pile up on top of, you know, those experiences and push things down and say, well, this, this gets murkier and deeper and deeper until it's right here, until you can't breathe, until your head is just above the surface, until you're underwater and you're drowning. And at what point, you know, when we're faced with all these mental health issues, do we say, just sit, just, just sit for a second, right? I heard there was a, a, a little video I saw of Jim Carrey who was saying depressed means deep rest. Yeah. You know, he, he had said that and I thought that's what it is. I mean, and whether you're forced there because your life, you know, the wheels fall off and you have to because everything is just burning down around you. You just have to sit for a minute to catch your breath. Like it explodes and it's just like, you know, there's this or it's just, you know, grinding to a halt. However, you're coming about it. It's like this is the grip that life puts on you. Um, when we're young, we can outrun it. You know, there's the, the well is deep, like filled with space for us to, to pile the stuff on. And this is this is what is terrifying about this journey. But also 
what I believe more than anything else is that my generation, Generation X, is a generation of light beings. It is a generation of hopeful, beautiful spirits that have been trained from the beginning to go on this terrifying journey. The, the most scary thing to do is to go inside yourself and mine out, hey, what happened? What, get down to the bottom of it until you get to the peace and the light that lives inside each one of us. We are one love. And to find it and to experience it and then walk in this physical form as light and love is absolutely astonishing and miraculous. And I think that as a generation, we're equipped better than any other generation ever has been to do it because we raised ourselves. We lived solo. We we thought it through. We were our own therapists. We made up our own minds. We went at it. We were not filled with self-pity or, um, you know, we're doers. And we can do this hard work and we don't need supervision. We're self-starters. We're self-reliant. And we have all of the tools in the kit to go on this adventure because we've hit that realm where it's our time and it isn't going to stay the way everyone says. We all wanted this beautiful world, you know, to heal the environment and to and we did. We pivoted. We made millennials. I mean, we we stopped the trauma in many ways and created a world of that had more safety, had more security, more love, more acceptance. But we've never had the opportunity to now go back. And so there cannot be cancel culture. We can't be at the top of the well and pull the rope up. We've got to leave that there. Every book, every song, every poem, every way that anybody ever connected to another human soul. We have to leave all of the clues for every one of us. There, no one can get left behind. They have to have the opportunity to feel that and to raise themselves out of it and bring up their awareness to what they actually are. And that is my hope is that in this story that people find those clues. People find those ways to unlock things that they locked up a long time ago and to get to the bottom of it. Now, do you see, ladies and gentlemen, why I had to have Sonia on the show? She is an extraordinary human being. And, and you know, as I was listening to your story, it reminded me of a story from another guy that happened 20 years ago, 20, 25 years ago. And he was having a horrible, horrible time in his life. He was like on his third marriage. He'd been homeless. He lost his job again. And he sat down with a pad and paper and he said, angrily, he was writing an angry letter to God. And he basically he said, what does it take to make this life work? And he got an answer. And the answer was, do you want an answer to that question? Or are you just venting? That became Conversations with God, book one, led to book two, book three. It was on the New York Times bestseller list for 200 weeks because mm -hmm. it reached people and it touched people. I feel and I'm, and I'm convinced that your writing and, the, and these books are going to have a similar impact on people and on humanity because it's not only is it coming from your heart, you told, told me, and we can talk about this also, but you told me prior to the interview or the last time we talked 
that part of it you didn't you had to go reread it to remember what it is you actually wrote yeah i couldn't remember <laughs> I um and yeah so i had to reread them i know neil donald walsh's work it's interesting is at my graduation from orthodontics that was almost 25 years ago is uh, my instructor dr hill gifted me conversations with god and he said to me i don't I'll, I, I, I wouldn't give a religious uh, connotation to any anyone at school, you know, any one of my residents. He said, but for some reason, he said, with you, this book suits you and I would like to give this to you. And that got me reading his work, actually. I went on to read those four books, I mean, which really touched me. Um, but, but back then I wasn't into, you know, like I was not a healed person. And I think like, um, but again, it's sort of like, these are all seeds that are planted. You know, if you remove anything that humanity has contributed to the collective, you know, you're removing the ability of what can touch a soul to help them heal and find their way to their true self and to what we are. And we are love. We are one love. And to find your way there and to feel this euphoria, like it is a it is a, a release of all of the fear and the anxiety. And so it's like what when I went through it and and yes, when I when I had to edit it, I mean I thought, okay, now I've now I've I typed it all out. It took nine months to type out. Now what? Now I have to edit it. And then I it's like I couldn't remember even the whole stories because once it was out of me, I sort of didn't carry them around with me anymore. And then I was like, what, how did it even get written? I would be in the third book and there'd be a callback to the first book. But I think this is genius. Like, and my friend told me genius isn't, isn't something that I personally have. It's my ability to connect to source, to channel those books and to connect to that wisdom. And uh, I feel very fortunate to have done it. And, uh, and I then just became obsessed with the idea that like, first was to how to tell people what it is that I know. And then in this story, now how to share that story with people. So yes, nobody's interested in publishing an orthodontist book. That's not about teeth. You know, I went to ages. They're like, well, what is it about? Is it about teeth? And I said, no, it's about a girl. And they're like, fiction. And I said, sort of. And they're like, that doesn't even make sense. And I said, and they're like, no absolutely not you've never what have you written and i said well nothing and and they said well um if you've been published or or had a writing degree you know there's self-publishing and self-publishing is a whole nother world a whole nother you know thing to take on of, of doing it and i had these visions for the covers and um as i tried to describe to people okay this is what it's got to look like and this is what it's got to have on it I, I couldn't get anybody to kind of see the vision so i had to paint it so it was like these i painted this picture and it's a beautiful uh, picture by the way and then this is book two which i know people are really excited to see but you can see it's got the study carol and in the background is sort of the backdrop of western which is our where i went to school um but well, it's uh, sonia i'll tell you real quick okay. i i've got to take a break okay and when we come back from this break though i want to lay out for people because these works are coming this summer and fall, and then we'll lay out for when they're going to be published and how they can reach them, how they can reach you. If your story touches them in a unique way, I know that you would be kind enough to talk to them. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So if you will wait right there and uh, we were going to take a break, you're listening to Positive Talk Radio on KIXI. Hey, PTR loyal listener. First, thanks for being in my dream. And second, I have a new concept in business to share with you. It's called socialpreneurship. So what's that? Well, it's the idea that any company designates all profits beyond expenses to be awarded to a local or international charity or project which is working to achieve good in the world. KM Media is such a company. We believe that it's important for us to give back whenever possible and to make great things happen. So I hope you'll join us in creating this new business model that will positively impact all of us. In the next few weeks, we will lay out the plan and begin our fundraising efforts. So stay tuned for more details right here on Positive Talk Radio. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey, thanks for listening to Positive Talk Radio. Did you know that we're also a media production company? Well, surprise, we are. We can create all kinds of audio, video products to fill any need. Please visit kmmedia.pro backslash our dash store for a complete list of products and services. In addition, do you need a great voice to add to your own website or any other project? I know that we can add depth and quality to your work. I've been told more times than I can count by many professionals in the business that my voice adds to the quality of the presentation. So let me create something for you. Please contact me at Kevin at KMmedia.pro and let's create something great. And welcome everybody back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald. You're listening to KIXI 880 on your dial. And I hope that you are very excited, as I am, for our guest today. Um, this is more than, and, and, and I, how do I say this without sounding, uh, I don't know how it would sound, but I'm, so I'm just going to say it. This is a show, this is a person, this is a book series that is going to impact humanity in a positive way. And I'm fully convinced of that. I believe that it is brought to her from the source, from uh, the, the guys, whoever, whoever was that <laughs> that guy who was in your bedroom at four o'clock in the morning that said, "It's time to write." Um, that guy who was not there but was there. Uh, it's an important, an important thing. Do you feel? Like that is kind of the mission that you're on. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I I mean the book the I knew that I had to write the books, and then I knew that I what I will be relentless to try to get the message of these books out to to humanity to to get because I believe in that the way that they came to me and the way they came through me that they have to be some, there's some divine wisdom that's contained in the pages that helps people unlock something that's necessary. It's like a key or a clue. It's something. And I had read um, 
Isabel Wilkerson's book, Cast. And at the back of that book, she had written that the world needs radical empathy. And this was prior to writing this. And I had thought of on that, like, because I'm an, I'm an empath. I'm somebody that feels other people's emotions. I could sit next to my patients and feel they're sad or they're anxious or how are they today or they're happy, you know, and kind of help with that, um, you know, their energy. And uh, so it was like, how, how does that work? You know, um, how do you unlock empathy in people because the way that our lives are structured and the way that humanity is operating right now is that we we drive into our garage and just shut the door people i don't need new friends and i don't want to meet you and you don't talk to your neighbors and you don't we don't connect in the same way so it's like that's not my problem we can watch things you know atrocities happening and and we're we're unfazed by it because it's been bombarded by these thousands of images of violence and and hate and, and things like this, that we're not even moved by it anymore. Our empathy is like on an all time low, you know, and, we, and that's a protective mechanism to protect us because we would, when one of us suffers, we all suffer. And we can't just walk around suffering. We'd just be incapacitated. So we just have to turn down the empathy. We just have to lower, lower the vibration because it, there's too much of it. And, and yet it's like, you require empathy in order to understand that you are part of a bigger picture. When you read the books this is, and, and you go with Athena, you feel what she's feeling. I've had so many readers tell me from sort of all walks, um, all ages, uh, from all over the world already, say how relatable Athena is. I relate to Athena. And I think, of course you do, because she's not written as a hero. She's written as a human. She isn't infallible with like superpowers. She's flawed and awkward and she's misguided and lonely lots of times. She's also brilliant and reliable and resilient. And, and you root for her because in the end you root for you. And it connects to that space of that underdog story because that's how we all feel. Who's locked in there? That little underdog that you want to win. You want to champion them so badly. And when you see that in her, it just sucks you in because that's sort of the, that's the vibration that lifts us up. That because you don't have to work on healing the world and loving everyone by loving yourself and healing yourself, you heal the world. You heal everyone by doing that for yourself. Just you alone. And that is the key. Well, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> you, are, you are very talented, by the way, because at the end of the day, all you can do is heal yourself. Right. And if you heal your, but if you heal yourself, it has a residual income or in impact on a lot of people that surround you, your family, your friends, your coworkers. They can see a difference in you, your vibration. If it's raising up and you're and you're taking them with you, it can be. Uh, it's a powerful experience, and that's yeah. you know, it's it's interesting. And somebody's gonna say, "All right, so all right, dude, all right, so God chose Sonia, the dentist." to be the messenger of God. Do you need to explain that to me? I I just think that I don't, I don't think of myself like a messenger of God. I think of myself as a, 
an open-hearted human. An instrument of God, maybe? I don't even, I like, so uh, this is my feeling on God, uh, because so many people associate have had bad experiences with religion, that God is a trigger word for some people. Other people, it's got to be God. True. I believe in all. I believe in one love. I believe in all of it. All humanity, all ways, all, all divine beings, all higher purposes. Um, because I believe that the the basis of all religion, not in the ways that it's been taught or manipulated, but in the in the, you know, um, the basics that we are one, that we shouldn't harm each other, you know, that we should love and respect each other. Those are those are things that you know it's hard to argue why why isn't it like that you know we don't live by those rules it's just they're good ways to be um but i i think i am a spiritual person and i think i'm a loving soul and i think that um i am also one who like athena uh, had a connection to source very early is as a child um when i would experience trauma and you'll read this is athena goes inside herself and to the stars is she's able to sort of um, spiritually um, take her awareness away from where there's some pain um, to a place where there is peace. And that is, um, you know, sort of this connection. And I think that I've always carried that um, with me and, uh, and is sort of the gift that I was given. And I've, would just say that that's it doesn't need a definition it just is what it is <laughs> and it really is cool now let's talk about the books leave the little light on which by the way the little light is the light inside of you um, that you have the opportunity and the ability to shine it or to hide it i suggest that you shine it but that's just me the books are coming out book one is out now is that right book one is out it's on amazon uh available on amazon um hopefully i have a book signing tomorrow at indigo so it's just starting to hopefully be picked up in the bookstore and uh book two will be out next month and, and um three will be out uh pro probably by september all four will be out before the end of the year um and i'm hoping november by for book four um, but possibly sooner. I'm getting better at getting them out. You know, the the process is long, but um, I recorded the the three audiobooks for the first three books. The first audiobook will be released soon, um, and so it will be out in all formats: um, ebook and audiobook and hard and soft cover. The the second book, um, yeah, I just did the re-records. So it's so much like in, involvement and time commitment. So I'm still working my day job and then doing this but well, well, I, I know I, for it because i believe in it so deeply oh exactly well and the, you're you're passionate about it as well you should be i've done audiobooks and audiobooks are time consuming and they're they're very they're, they can be difficult to do um but congratulations on you're doing it all and you're doing it with such passion and with such desire to get the word, and it's not for your yes, your name's on the t on the title, but it's all the way at the very bottom, and it's not about you. I get the feeling it's a, it's about the message that you can bring to people that yes, indeed, we are all one. If we could just 
So I got to ask you, if we could just convince everyone that regardless of what you look like, who you love, where you live, if we could convince everybody that we came from the same place and we're all one, I think we could change the world. Yes. And, and I think that coming at it from the perspective that, that we convince others is, is where we run into the issue. It's not about convincing others that it's like this, is that what did I have to go through to, to convince myself that I was loved? I I didn't walk like this prior to being like this. I wasn't loving to myself simply because the way that I was raised wasn't a good example of love. And I was raised in a society and this is book one. It is set in the seventies and eighties. It is true to the time frame. It is a toxic time and it's like not, there isn't balancing counterpoints. And I get reviewers say this to me, it's shocking almost because, you know, without that, you're validating people's opinions and their biases and their uh, racism and their sexism and their classism. And I say, because it, in those times, it wasn't simply the, the marginalized and the minority who suffered from all of those things. It was the majority everyone suffers when someone suffers and and the story that you create and concoct of what is it that's making you feel so afraid and anxious is, and guilty and shameful is uh, is a combination of all of these things and so without that there this warped version of love that we're given is to say love and suffering go hand in hand love is the absence of suffering there is no suffering in love and even to when we think of this, it's like understanding when I would have insisted, yes, I love myself. Of course, I love myself. I go to the spa, I go to the gym, I'll buy myself a new dress, I spoil myself, I, I look after myself, I love myself. No, doing things for yourself isn't loving yourself. Being love, being peace, releasing fear and anxiety, being mindful and thoughtful and having compassion and ultimately forgiveness for your own self. This is all I ask of any one person. And by doing so, I say, release all judgment on you. The vessel that houses you, like Kevin, you're a perfect recipe. The recipe that made you. The, the vessel that holds your beautiful light is perfect. It's for being. It isn't for measuring and comparing and criticizing. It's just simply for embodying your five senses for having a magical experience while we're here. And if we could view our own selves, stop looking to solve another, to make someone else agree or to not have conflict. If I have conflict, if we think that there's them in us, you have work. That's simply the truth is if you think them in us, you don't love yourself, not in the truest sense. And I will tell you that if you keep going, if you keep digging, if you keep diving to go into the darkness, into the fear, into the anxiety and sit with it and really recollect why, why is this in me? Why is this here? And I need to release this so that I can be free and have peace while I am alive and an experienced life in this sense. This is the reason we came. I mean, and, and I say this to every single human, it won't be simultaneous. 
It just won't be. It's impossible. It's not peace on earth when everyone is peace on earth. If you or I have peace on earth, there's peace. I'm peace, so there's peace on earth. It isn't about everyone because we're all on a different spectrum of the journey. And we can't all be at the same point in time and at the same place. And this is also accepting and just being loving and supportive of everyone on their journey, wherever they are. And just help, giving them a little guidance and saying, and, and just standing and saying, I'm, I feel peace. This is how, this is why. And, and just know that you are loved and it is well, all is well. No matter where you are in the journey, all is well. So if you want to learn more about Sonia and her story, you're going to need to buy the books, which is... I'll buy the books. <laughs> My PR person would say, show that book again. <laughs> <laughs> Leave a little light on. There are four books. They were they were written in, in in at the same time, and then they were divided into four. They're going to be released in the summer, fall, before, all before Christmas would make a great four book set for a Christmas present. I'm just saying uh, it would be be a great thing because you are, and I'm not going to ask you because I want you people to read the book, how you got to be where you are today, uh, because that's, that's an important piece of who you are today. It was brought to you by your past and all the experiences that you've had going, going into it up, up to and including that voice in your head. And by the way, if you, I would suggest, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sonia, but if you get that voice in your head and like your therapist said, and it says, start writing, start writing because you're not going to get left alone until you do. (laughs) No, absolutely. And that's really the little light is that is the voice. It's the, it's in every one of us. It's our connection to source and call source, whatever you want. I call source love. And, and I think love speaks to you and because ultimately um you are love and so when it's all falling apart when there is no one else when you feel completely alone and destitute there is a little voice no matter how much your mind can rail against you what's wrong with you why no one wants you why you deserve this and it's punishing you and and chastising you your voice your little light will will tell you no it will just simply state it. It will tell you in the clearest and simplest way that you are loved and to believe that. And it is everything like, I think, like a belief system. It's it's what we believe. And when you see what Athena believes and how that goes for her, you question, what do I believe? Because the, the way, if I hearken back to that first chapter and that Gen X trauma, it's that that is a form of brainwashing. That's how brainwashing works. It's like the uncertainty and taking away power so that the person cannot question the authority and we lose our voice. We Our feelings are invalidated. We look for someone to validate us like externally. So hence the princess tale is born and it explodes for us because we need to be good and we need to be seen and we need to be loved and we need to be saved. And that's all nonsense <laughs> no one Indeed. needs to be saved you're you don't need saving you you are intact you can't be damaged or broken you cannot be you simply can't not the truth of who you are the base of you will will go on and and that is you know how athena comes to that point yeah don't want a spoiler alert so i'm not going to say it but nope, it's nope. 
just know that it's maybe not what you expect. And so I tell my readers, trust, because there is this trepidation, this nervousness. When people read the first book, they need the second because they need to know, you know, what happens? How does this go? Because there's so much invested in in that character. I'm glad that you are not making people wait two years between books. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, so they're going to all be out by November, December timeframe. And yeah. so you, they become a great deal. Um, I need to talk to um, this gal on the phone, uh, uh, Brittany. Is, can, is it all right if we, I hate to interrupt our conversation, but she's got an important message about, about summer and kids and, yeah. and stuff. Br- Brittany, welcome. Hi. Hi, Kevin. Thanks so much for having me on. and I won't take up too much of your time today. Well, I want you to meet Sonia. And hi, um, hi, Sonia. she is an extraordinary human being. Hi, Sonia. It's wonderful. Hi. Thank you so much for letting me take a minute of your time. Absolutely. So so we've got we've got a thing that we're doing this summer. It's summer camps for kids. And she's doing 18 different weekends and you can buy one weekend you can buy them all they're for three to 13 year olds and tell us more about that please yeah so it's exactly like you said we're doing every weekend in july and august and that's 18 different days and that's 18 different subjects too we took steam as our themes and steam is the new term for stem so it used to be science technology um, engineering and math and now we've included a for art to be steam and so we have science robotics art dance music nature outer space there's just so many different subjects that kids can pick from and all of the subjects have special guest educators so we have like woodland park zoo coming for wildlife day we have a magician we have a mermaid we have seattle astronomical society king county master gardeners uh kids quest science and robotics there's just so many so many people coming to to give um, really cool lessons and workshops for the kids at these summer camps. So uh, for everyone listening, if you go to www.pipsqueakpiano.com, that's P-I-P-S-Q-U-E-A-K piano, pipsqueakpiano.com, and you just scroll a little down that page, you'll see uh, a link for the summer camps. You can click that. It'll have everything you need to know, all of your FAQ and the registration clicks and all of the things you need. And if you register and you're listening now, um, write down PT Radio. That's P-T-R-A-D-I-O, PT Radio. And if you type that in all caps at your uh it's your checkout. In fact, I don't even know if it needs to be an all cap C. You just type that in any way at your checkout. You'll get 20% off of all of the camps that you choose. And just like Kevin said, you don't have to choose them all. You can pick and choose any ones that work for you um, for kids age 3 through 13. So uh, come check it out. And um, Sonia, one of the reasons I support Brittany is that Pipsqueak Piano is a company that teaches kids under six how to play the piano, which I think is a great foundation for left brain, left brain, right brain, and to give them a sense of, of themselves. Yes, absolutely. I had my daughter in piano. Shout out to my little beauty. She was in piano before the when she was under six years old. Yes, awesome. she got a great musical foundation from it and plays tons of instruments. She's super musical. 
Oh, that that is awesome. So, Brittany, if you're way right there, and you, you're welcome to finish the show with us, we're just, you know, we're going to run out of time. But the reason that I wanted to have you on, and amazingly enough, um, we talked on what was it, Monday or Tuesday, and of this week, and it was our pre-interview interview, and and suddenly uh, Friday cleared up. And uh, I thought of no, I it must have been some sort of a a, a miracle or something because they just canceled. <laughs> and I thought of you because I wanted to have you on. You're going to be on before each release for the fall for the summer and the fall. I deeply, deeply, deeply appreciate your work and believe in you, and Thanks. believe in what you're doing. And I wholeheartedly subscribe to your mission. And uh, so, what I'd like you to do. And I had, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but what I'd like you to do is I'm going to set, set myself aside and I'd like you to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know. Anything I would like them to know. I would like this audience to know that our lives are finite in the physical form. That we need to sort of lean back into the knowing that our time is limited and to just pause for that one second and ask yourself if from this moment forward with the next step I take, please direct yourself inward and find your inner peace. Peace is the highest vibration. It is a stillness and the ability for us to simply be. And in that being, you will remember how incredibly important you are. That's, I feel, what people have forgotten, how much they matter, how much one person loving themselves, how they can see themselves as just a perfect embodiment of love and that the vessel that holds them is divine and that they can simply be and they are seen and loved. And, and to know that even in a, in a fleeting moment or for the rest of your life, it's sort of like, it's such a, it's such a gift that it, that it would make this whole crazy ride so worth it. And so I send all of my beautiful, hope and energy and love to all of you um to to go on that journey and to and i hope you do read my books um because i think that it helps um deliver a message to you of that sort um but whatever step you take whatever tools you use um because it it, it is what we do collectively that we that we think on those lines that we're doing everything together whether you want to or not that's the way it's going down <laughs> and uh, and so i just send you blessings and love and uh good guidance for you from your inner light from your little lights our guest has been sonia pollock go to her website which is soniapollock.com and get leave the little light on book two book one is out now Book two is out in the, in August, and I thank you very much for being here. And by the way, everybody, be kind to one another because each other's all we've got. We'll see you next time on Positive Talk Radio.